Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The power sector fired some warning shots on Tuesday at the Environmental Protection Agency's proposed climate rule for power plants. As a reminder, that draft rule was released by EPA back in May, and it's a central piece of the Biden administration's climate agenda meant to limit how much carbon dioxide new and existing power plants can emit. The public comment period on the proposal closed on Tuesday. And it's clear that while not all utilities are preparing to bash EPA's proposal, many are saying it's potentially unlawful and requires significant changes. So today, Politico's Alex Guillen on why the U.S. utility industry says EPA's power plant rule isn't ready. It's Thursday, August 10th. So the concerns that were laid out on Tuesday by the utility sector via a a few different groups, really a couple of the big ones were that the requirements that EPA has laid out for coal and gas plants are unworkable technologically, economically, logistically. And just as a reminder, the major point of the rule was that coal and gas plants, if they're going to stay online for extended periods of time, will need to adopt some levels of either carbon capture and sequestration technology or hydrogen co-firing, sort of depending on the technology and the utilities choices. And people have been pointing out since the rule was announced in May that there are number of potential issues with those technologies, one being that neither one has yet to really be applied on a commercial scale successfully, certainly not in the U.S. The other big one being that if you're going to build out carbon capture or hydrogen, that requires certain infrastructure for both ones. For carbon capture, that means, you know, a pipeline to carry carbon somewhere it can be injected into the ground. And for hydrogen, you need a pipeline to the plant. And of course, you also need to find a way to make low carbon hydrogen since most hydrogen production now actually has very high emissions. The utilities are saying that these requirements go against the Clean Air Act's requirement that any such regulation, it requires technology that is adequately demonstrated. And they're saying these technologies, maybe they have promise, maybe there'll be something in 10 years, but they are not adequately demonstrated now. So that was the major thrust of it. There were different levels of aggression. The Edison Electric Institute, for example, stuck a little bit more to the technical side of things to say that the rule wouldn't work. But others like the National Rural Electric Co-op Association, which represents rural co-ops, smaller outfits, they outright threatened to bring a major questions challenge to the rule. Just to say this is going so far beyond what the Clean Air Act allows that We think it should be the same thing as the Supreme Court rules on the clean power plan. So there was a lot to take in there. There's hundreds of pages of technical comments. EPA is going to be sifting through them for a while. And not all utilities are saying EPA's proposal is unworkable, right? So how should we read into that and just whether there's much of a split here? Well, the utility sector is quite diverse. It's not monolithic. There's all different types of utilities. You've got power generators, power suppliers, and of course, you know, the customer and utilities. So it's really difficult to get widespread agreement in the utility sector. So there are going to be some in the power sector who are supportive of the rule. The one big one we've seen so far is Constellation Energy. They're a Baltimore-based power supplier, and their CEO came out this week and said 
that they support the rule. Part of that is because Constellation says it's been experimenting with some of the technologies that EPA is requiring here, especially around hydrogen. And the CEO said this week that they have demonstrated on a smaller scale that they think EPA's hydrogen requirements can be met, for example. It sounds like they're also experimenting with ways of burning natural gas that create a cleaner CO2 flow that could be used for carbon capture. So they're putting out the idea that they've invested in these technologies and shown they're worthwhile, and that means the rule is valid. The comment period just ended on Tuesday, so a lot of the rules are, are, you know, a lot of the rule comments are still being posted right now. So we will see if other utilities come out in favor of the rule exactly, but it's going to be a lot for EPA to work through. Got it. And how does at least some level of industry pushback preview likely legal attacks we're expecting against this rule and demonstrate the challenge that EPA faces in creating a strong rule that's in line with its climate agenda, but in a way that withstands legal scrutiny? I think part of the issue here is that the Clean Air Act, when it was last updated in 1990, wasn't specifically designed with climate change in mind. And so EPA is using perhaps less than optimal tools, even as everyone acknowledges that it does face a legal requirement to regulate carbon. So I think we're going to continue to see a lot of debate in this area. What's sort of ironic is the whole time this is happening over the past 10 years, the utility sector in the absence of regulation has reduced its carbon significantly. It's actually already surpassed the requirements for 2030 under the Obama era clean power plan that was struck down by the Supreme Court. And so, ironically, the longer this is taking to hash out, the less and less critical it is, which is not to say that it's not critical. Power plants are still the number two source of carbon pollution in the U.S. after transportation. So it remains a major issue that needs to be handled. But the sector is already heading in that direction. And so whatever rule EPA ultimately does come up with certainly is going to have to complement that, but in a way that somehow fits within the Clean Air Act. So I guess the short answer to that question is I'm really glad I'm not a lawyer in EPA's air office. Also, President Joe Biden said on Wednesday he has already, quote, practically declared a climate emergency. But that's not actually true, since he's yet to invoke the 1976 National Emergencies Act, despite pressure from some progressives. Experts say by declaring a climate emergency and invoking this act, Biden would have a new host of powers to combat climate change as the country faces record-breaking heat and more frequent and intense floods, droughts, and wildfires. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron knows developing and deploying carbon capture and storage is a critical step in helping make progress towards global net zero, which is why we're targeting 25 million tons of CO2 per year in storage and offsets by the end of the decade. That's energy in progress. Visit chevron.com slash carbon capture.